coming to the ring, Flood the Drummer and Richard Taylor. Hello, wrestling fans, and thanks for tuning in to Coming to the Ring. I'm Flood the Drummer with Richard Taylor. I'm in Philadelphia. He is in Seattle, and we are thankful to be in your ears. It's WrestleMania weekend. Woo! What's up, Richard? What's up, man? Are you ready? I won't be watching it, but I'm ready. I'm kidding. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. I'm ready, thing? but you know what? This is this is maybe one of the least excited about WrestleMania that I've been. This this doesn't have a big card to me that WrestleMania is in the past. Like again, I haven't be, I, since the last episode. I'm no more excited about Triple H and Batista than I was last week. Uh, if they're going to stick to the card with Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle, that's a throwaway match in my opinion. Kurt yeah. Angle deserves better. He does. Um, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar is probably the match that I'm most excited about. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. That hasn't been enough uh, 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 in the storyline um, for me to really care. So, I mean, yeah. This is for me. If you're Vince McMahon, you got all these big men wrestling this week. And you know how he is. Did you see him against Finn Balor a few weeks ago? When he was talking about Finn, you don't have enough beef. Like I'm pretty sure <laughs> in Vince's mind, it's about the beef. So it's about the beef. It's about the beef. You got big beefy Batista and big beefy Paul Levette. That didn't sound right, but listen, you got these, <laughs> you got the big sweat. You know, there's a rumor going on about Batista's big beef, but we won't go there. Oh my God, Chris! <laughs> I thought they buried that. I thought they buried that years ago. My no, goodness. no, not at all. <laughs> well, so you know what? Honestly, I think the card right now, NXT Takeover New York, is actually um, live right now. Mm. I think that might actually be the bigger draw mm. when it comes to just some real bona fide wrestling matches for the weekend. Well, isn't it always isn't NXT always the bigger draw when they do Takeover? It's always better than the main product. Well, yeah, man. These the this talent that that Triple H brings in these these cats can wrestle men and women. Listen, they can wrestle their tails off. I mean, you and I, I know we always say, well, why does Dave Meltzer's, um, you know, ranking matter? But, dude, when these, I mean, they're consistently getting, you know, five-star matches from these ratings. Like, that's saying something. Mm. They, you know, they can, they put on some shows, man. So they As Michael Cole matches. will say, they're putting on a clinic. Right? <laughs> Isn't that his thing? I mean, that's you know, he got a few sticks, though, right? Mm -hmm. What is the one where Randy Orton does the DDT from the ropes? Vintage, vintage Orton. Orton. I'm like, my goodness, how you know he he vintage uh, he vintage uh, Ricochet the other day. I'm like, he's been in the he's been in the WWE for six months. Chill, like it's not vintage yet. Mm. <laughs> well, again, so as our listeners, as you can tell, we are doing this live on the fly. It's Friday night. It's eight twenty five. NXT is happening. Triple H is tweeting uh, fifty six minutes ago. 15,697 at the Barclays Center for a sold-out NXT, NXT TakeOver New York. NXT, NXT, And that's all you're going to hear is that big NXT chant, man. Those fans, they love NXT. They do. They're very passionate. I see that on Twitter. They're saying, uh, thank you, Alistair. Thank you, Ricochet. Is, does that mean that they're finally done with NXT and they're going to be completely main roster uh, wrestlers now? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I mean, you've seen them on the main roster, what, since the start of uh, maybe a little after January? Mm. You know, I know Vince had this wanting more wrestlers to kind of show for Raw and SmackDown. Okay. And so I guess this, you know, we, we might be seeing their exit. 
Okay. Listen, there's a lot of things that happened during the week. Um, there, there is no shortage of content for us to discuss. One of the things I really wanted to talk to you about um, was uh, on, um, I guess it was Friday or Saturday of last week, March 29th, Luke Harper, formerly of the Blungeon Brothers and of the Wyatt family fame, uh, he had put out a tweet. I won't read the whole thing. It was, but it was a statement. And basically, he, he was acknowledging that, you know, you know, he's been cleared since February 6th, um, that he left October 2nd, 2018, uh, due to a double uh, ligament reconstruction uh, wrist surgery. And then he mm-hmm. talked about how six years ago, he wrestled multiple matches at Access as a part of FCW. That's Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh, yep. and was involved in Undertaker's entrance. Five years ago, he had a front row to watch Bray Wyatt wrestle John Cena. Four years ago, he competed for the Intercontinental Championship in his first WrestleMania's match. Three years ago, he wrestled Brock Lesnar in Toronto in a network special. Two years ago, he came in with uh, he came within inches of competing for the WWE Championship in the, uh, in the very match that AJ Styles won, uh, his first match, and within inches of being part of the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania with, with Bray and Wendy, Bray and Randy, Randy Orton. And then one year ago, he won the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship with Rowan. Uh, while his wife and two sons watched from the front row. But now, uh, as yesterday, which was, was at, at, when he was referring to it next Thursday, he was wrestling Donovan uh, Dijak, I guess his name is, uh, at Access. And it was, it was a reflective piece, but it was also, you know, where people, where, where, where he was like, you know, he, saw, he talked about when he was at the gym, people were asking if he was retired or people were like, hey, man, are you coming back to Access? Are you back at Access? And, he, he, mm-hmm. He's taking all this in stride and saying, look, this is my WrestleMania moment and I'm going to fight as if I was on the main stage. What'd you make of that tweet from Duke Harper? Man, you know, honestly, I didn't look much into it from what you this week. And I'm, I'm 100% not sure, um, honestly. Uh, if we could be real, though, I think that Luke Harper, Harper deserved better and I think he knew he deserved better. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, just to be completely transparent. But is he Richard? Man, he's not a draw, though, is he? I mean, you, but this is the thing. They never gave him a full chance. But I will say this before he was on his way out the door, when he was in his matches last year, he slimmed down. He dropped the whole, you know, crazy Luke Harper gimmick. He was helping Bray Wyatt. But this man was putting on amazing matches with AJ Styles mm. uh, before, before they decided to, you know, drop him with the storyline with Randy Orton and Bray. But I mean, it was, it was one of those things where before at least a three to four week span, we were tweeting about Luke Harper and how he was coming into his own right. And he was, I mean, you think about it. AJ Styles is revered as one of the top three wrestlers in the world. And AJ, I mean, he was hang. He wasn't just hanging. He wasn't just surviving. He was neck and neck with AJ Styles, putting on what we would call clinics. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if WWE had actually taken the time, creatives. But man, you know we've heard so many complaints about SmackDown's creatives. So they don't. You know, the talent when it comes to it, they don't always invest into it the way they should. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I you know honestly, I think that uh, that Harper deserved better. Well, what would better look like to you? What would what would Luke Harper be doing at WrestleMania if Richard Taylor was doing the booking? I mean, if you give Harper a chance, man, this guy could have, you know, if if he's not at the top of the mid card, at least he mm-hmm. can definitely be floating around 
the main event scene. Not only was he wrestling, Chris, he was his mic skills. He was talking like mm. the guy has a mouth on him, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was. I mean, it was a, a thing to see because it it to some who didn't know him, you think, oh my God, he's he's flourishing right before our eyes. But the, to those who know wrestling, it's like, man, this dude's got it. But they're not gonna pull the trigger with him because in their eyes, he's green. Mm. And so, of course, you know they're not going to give him a full chance because he wasn't a big part of the storyline. But man, listen, Luke Harper, easy U.S. champion, mm. easy intercontinental champion. Uh, man, he was getting so much love, you know, even on the side of being a face because we knew Randy Orton was going to turn heel on Bray Wyatt. You know, so I, I, when you see this, man, I, I just, I, I'm happy that he's getting a fresh start elsewhere mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day, like, you don't want to see like him man he's six well six five six six you know he's clocking in and the high twos and the weight he's got the size he's got the mouth let the man wrestle mm. would you have put him against braun Strowman? what would he be doing at wrestlemania who would he fight who do you think absolutely he could have a match at? yeah he could he could go against braun man you could why not him just put him great... back with the dungeon brothers i thought the tag team had some potential uh nah i, I think the tag team division is pretty washed up when it comes to tag team and that Really? I don't think that the bludgeon, I mean, from a standpoint of the gimmicks, I don't think that the bludgeon brothers are really a draw in 2019. Like, you know, it's maybe too cartoonish. Were, yeah, maybe if it was 1996. Exactly. If they were going up against Gangrel and the Brood, it okay. would have made perfectly good sense. But I mean, now, man, you know, these cats are realistic. Like, the the gloom and doom is not scary anymore now. You know, like... Is that that why Bray Wyatt isn't working, Richard? Honestly, I don't know what's up with Bray, man. I know he had the little scandal thing going on. You know, he wasn't really... That's another story for another day. Wait, what scandal? School me. School me. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, uh, 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 what are we we supposed to say? Allegedly, Bray Wyatt was, uh, you know, messing around on his wife with JoJo the announcer for Monday Night Raw. Oh, I did hear that, yes. Which I'm trying to figure out how that even happened because that's, I mean, you t- he must have really been the eater of worlds, Chris, but we'll, Ooh. you know, we'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I would have told my wife, it wasn't me, it was Sister Abigail. She's a lesbian. She wanted some Whatever. pussy. It wasn't me. Good, <laughs> goodbye, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, so- but, you know, I think that, you know, with Bray, I know that they wanted, they felt like he was a little too stale, man. He was doing his thing with Broken Matt Hardy. I'm not sure. I didn't really care for that. I did, man. You know, I'm really? a huge Broken Matt Hardy. You know, I'm a huge Broken I know Matt you're Hardy a huge fan. mark for that, but I didn't think you thought that that pairing was well. I thought it was genius just because, I mean, together as a team, they were doing really good, man. They were putting on some great matches, and it was a little more lively. Can we just take a second because I, my Twitter feed is blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Matt Riddle and the Velveteen Dream put on a clinic tonight at NXT TakeOver. Everybody take a shot. Every time you hear us say clinic, you can take a shot. Listen, <laughs> so not only did Matt Riddle come out with the flag stripes on, the Velveteen Dream, we know he is extra. This man came out. Dressed as the Statue of Liberty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. Let me look man, this up. But from what people are saying, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the tweets right now. What are you they reading? Said, is this on your timeline or are you in the mo- moments? I'm, I'm, I'm in the moments on Twitter now. But Velvet T. Dream, they say, stole the show at NXT TakeOver and he won the championship. Oh, 
So I'm I'm super excited right now. Just I mean, man, I'm I'm a huge fan of Velveteen Dream. I know that he is the kookiest of kookies, but the man is so talented. The Statue of Liberty. My goodness, isn't that crazy? You know, Velveteen Dream, besides being just a brilliant wrestler, he is in 2019 what Goldust was in 20 in 1995. In terms Absolutely, of being but... so unpredictable, being so flamboyant, being but so, the... Um... but the charisma, but his charisma, I think, is on another level. And then also, man, I mean, if you've ever watched Velveteen Dream in the ring, man, he is such a skilled, talented wrestler. Mm. Like for somebody that is six, he's listed at six four, two twenty five, I believe. Oh, he's a big guy. Oh, absolutely, and but he I can mean, fly. Exactly. He can fly. He has amazing technical skills. I think he is what we will begin to start revering as the new age hybrid wrestler. That big guy, but that is still uh, to a degree crossfitish. You mm. know, I- I'm looking forward to this, man. I'm, Do you this, think this he can make special. it on the main roster? Does he have what Absolutely. it takes? Chris, he's put on five star match already, and if I'm only 23. He's that like, young? He is he is that young. Damn. I mean, he's got so, I mean, potential galore, man. Velveteen Dream. I don't know, man. Vince McMahon has a way of ruining people when they come up to the main roster. And people this is built, a fact. People who built facts. gimmicks and have done really good shit, and they get up there, and Vince McMahon puts his crazy mind on them, and next thing you know, you know, they're in some weirdo-ass tag team or something. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, he does. So I'm, I'm hope. You know what? And I'm thinking this may be why Velveteen hasn't. I mean, because he's been in, he's been in NXT for a while now. Yeah. But I, I think you know Triple H is very smart, man. He was on um First Things First with Chris uh, Carter and Nick Wright this morning and Jenna Wolf, and um you know he was talking about you know NXT as his brainchild and his baby, and I think he's seen enough of his NXT wrestlers with so much potential go up there and just be underutilized. That I, I, I'm sure he's trying to protect the ones that he knows are going to be stars, but maybe that Vince will mismanage. Mm. Yeah. So, so keep him in and keep him in NXT until Vince retires and then break. Hey, you know that's the thing, man. That's right? The Just, that's what they got to do because Vince is. He doesn't know I'll how to use what? it, Chris. He doesn't, Chris, I'll tell you what. Oscar just lost the WWE Women's Championship. Yeah. Magnet, I mean, come on, think about that. One of the, yeah. the, the most She was a amazing, beast. She was a beast exactly. at one point. I mean, she still is in her own right. The woman can flat out wrestle. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, you know, when you don't know how to use her, man. Another kid that goes under the radar a lot of times, Tyler Breeze. He was phenomenal in NXT. I never watched him in NXT. You know what? I watched him a few times, but then they brought him up with his gimmick, man. They placed him with some fun. I'm just like, ah, oh, it doesn't work. Mm. You know, you've you've had that with a few NXT. I mean, you even look at like women like Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville should be uh, much higher in the car, and and the way that they book her, it should be different. But hey, you know what? It's a smart move, man. You want to make sure that you are saving the best talent, mm-hmm. so that they aren't, um, so that they aren't screwed over by the time it's their time. You know. Mm. Um. Let's let's go over real quick. You know, I didn't get a chance to watch all of Raw and SmackDown, but. You know, I'm sure you did. What, what were the highlights? What was give us the rundown? 
Man, so Raw was crap. Um, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So of course, guys, for those of you all that don't know, we had the go away, uh, the go home shows this week. This is these. This is the SmackDown and the Raw that takes place right before the pay per view. So, um, man, you know, Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky in the main event at WrestleMania has now become a winner takes all. So they are Stephanie McMahon comes out, and of course, you know, it's April first on Monday Night Raw. She comes out and she says, "We're now going to make this." A four-woman match, and I'm including myself. And I'm like, ha-ha, April Fool's Lady Balls, right? Mm. And so, um, you know, she she makes the real announcement and basically lets the audience know that this is now a winner-takes-all. So whoever wins this match is going to be the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship, which makes me wonder, are we... You mean the match at WrestleMania? Yes, the match at WrestleMania. Which makes me wonder if uh, they're going to combine the belts at some point real soon. Well... You know, I don't know if you saw this week on uh, What Culture. Um, shout out to my bald head friend, Simon. Uh, <laughs> here's, why, here's why. Here's why. <laughs> they, uh, he, did, he did a Y series on why the brand split is coming to an end. And he used that match that you just referred to as an example of they're getting ready to unify uh, these titles, uh, the women's title. And um, that's the start of getting wrestlers on both shows. It makes sense. Like Charlotte, um, when she wrestled Oscar, isn't Charlotte a Raw superstar? Yep. Yeah. So no, no, no. Charlotte's a SmackDown superstar. Sorry. Oh, she is. Yeah, but she was floating back and forth with yeah, the whole yeah. thing with Ronda and Becky. Right. That's what I thought. Right. Okay. We got it backwards. So, so I think that um, I think with the fact that they're moving the Fox. Absolutely. The fact that you got all elite wrestling, I think that it is time that you maybe put an end to this. Because now you got real competition. You don't got to compete yeah. against yourself anymore, Vince. And you got real fucking competition. So, right, right. You know, use your star players whenever you get a chance to get them on TV. And that might actually be better for the for some of the call ups when they don't, when they can get some exposure on Raw. You can carry out a storyline, you know, throughout throughout the week. And and I I. I I think the brand split has run its course, and maybe that's something we can put uh, Richard on Twitter as a as a poll. Uh, you know, has the has the brand split run its course? Is it time to? Because I grew up, you and I grew up as wrestling fans with no no brand split. We, we saw the same wrestlers on Raw. Well, we didn't have a SmackDown, but yeah. And I mean, when they needed to take superstars, right? Yeah, Raw superstars main event, and when they took when they needed weeks off, they did. Yeah, let's go and- back to that. I think, you know what, and I, I do think that this is the end of a brand split. Uh, man, like I said, you know, WWE is about to pull out the works with this, uh, what is this, billion-dollar, um, you know, partnership yeah. that they have with uh, with Fox. Fox. Now, man, they're going to be doing a lot with uh, Fox, Sportnet, Fox Sportnet FS1. Um, Triple H actually just announced uh, this morning on First Things First that WWE is actually going to start having their own um, – show on fs1 now that is going to be like an analyst type of show kind of like what you would see in the morning with a uh first take with Stephen a smith okay. and max keller uh, or what you would see with a undisputed with shannon sharp and bayless wwe is going to have their own kind of thing now and it's going to be solely focused around wrestling they're going to have analysts there that really break down the company bring more interest in and then also they're going to be talking about the future of wrestling right so they want to treat this like how we see a lot of other sports being treated um but with that being the case i think that it is time for the brand split to come to an end just because of the fact that you want to make sure 
that you are no longer having your brands compete to see who can bring in the best ratings, but you've got to now start paying attention to the outside world because they're mm-hmm. coming for you. Mm-hmm. And with this new, I mean, Chris, a billion dollars maybe for Jeff Bezos, who just lost 36, is something to sneeze at. <laughs> but for us, for us, that's nothing to sneeze at. And I think mm. to Vince himself, a billion is nothing to sneeze at. So you want to make sure you got your ducks in a row. Can you Why? imagine living a world where a billion is nothing to sneeze at? Because I, I mean, to what you're referring to, you know, Jeff Bezos and his wife, McKenzie, they divorced. She got 36 million, 36 billion, 36 billion, billion. Sorry, 36 billion. Can you imagine getting 36 billion dollars in a divorce settlement and immediately becoming the fourth richest woman in the world? But then you do you do still the is richest, richest boy. He's, the he's, richest, still. he's still the richest man in the world, even losing 36 billion dollars. That is insane. God, do you hear my cry? <laughs> you Bro, told me to speak those things as not as though they were. Chris, and I've been already, speaking. You already admitted that, that only the righteous prayers are <laughs> so I mean, clearly, uh, you know. Well, then, I'll, Richard, can you speak for me, my nigga? <laughs> man, so let's, let's hop back into this real quick. So we're going to have three matches for the women at WrestleMania. Um, Ronda, Charlotte, Becky Lynch. Um, winner takes all the Boston Hug connection versus Beth Phoenix and Natalia and versus the Iconics and Nia Jax and Tamina. It's going to be an eight woman tag team match for that uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Mm. And then we're also going to have a women's battle royale as well. Uh, so that is going to be a big part. That was a part of what they covered um, over Monday Night Raw. Uh, total of nine. Uh, no, I'm I'm lying. I'm sorry. Not nine matches. I can't remember how many matches we're gonna have for this one, but I know that the tally is adding up. Finn Balor is bringing the demon to WrestleMania 35. Now, yeah, so interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, Bobby Lashley and um, what is a little annoying voice? Uh, Bobby Lashley Leo Rush and Leo Rush. My and- man, 24, years What is it? 22 year old cowboy. What is it? What is this saying? I don't know, but it's hard. To I love Leo that. Rush. You know what? And he is the perfect heel because he's so annoying, right? He is annoying. Yeah, he's good at what he does. So I will give him that. But needless to say, they're doing their promo in the ring. And um, Finn Balor pops up on the screen, which, I mean, man, they need to do a better job with either CGI or edits because it looked ridiculous. But <laughs> Finn Balor originally pops up as himself. He starts to talk in. And then at the end, he's declaring that the demon is going to come. And then they put him in his cosplay and he does this weird Undertaker tongue out, eyes rolled up thing. I'm like, what is happening right now? The initial thought for me was that, oh, this is great because we haven't seen this version of Finn Balor in a while. But what also what it got me to thinking was, why didn't we see this with Finn and Brock Lesnar? Right. Like, mm. uh, you know, whatever, you know, what you know, we, we do have some inconsistencies with storylines. Who am I to judge? Right. Mm. Beth Phoenix is who are me to judge. Right. Who are me to judge when it comes to this? Um, Beth Phoenix uh, had a a nice little feuding with Sasha and Bailey and uh, got uh, uh, Natalia. And of course, you know, Naya and Tamina getting involved and then the iconic. So that was kind of the big setup. Before you move too far, before you move too fast, um, I just want to add this comment. For a guy, and I'm referring to Vince McMahon, for a guy who is so understanding of licensing and how licensing a brand and a personality can impact the bottom line 
as it relates to video games and merchandise and 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 and, and all that shit. The demon Finn Balor screams money, like yeah, it does. I mean, Finn is a handsome guy, so you know I understand why you may want to just keep the regular guy out there smart, the Irish smart. But the 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 money is in the demon character, and I don't understand why we don't see more of it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either, man. Honestly, I don't either. Um, I think that goes back to that whole conversation that we had as far as um NXT is concerned with um that the way the talent is utilized because you know that was no rarity in NXT. We saw Finn Balor like that. We knew what was coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but of course once you get to the main roster everything kind of changes. Mm. But again when we're talking about from a money standpoint, how can Vince not see the money in the demon character? I think his interest isn't there um when it comes to it. I, I just don't think that he I don't think that he has it as a priority compared to some of the other things and other They're leaving money on the table. No, they definitely are. They're leaving money on the table, and I'm surprised at Vince. Yep, yep. No, they definitely are. But you know what? Like I said, man, you know, I, I think in his mind, you know how Vince is. He's stubborn, and in his mind, what's right is right, and uh, your opinion doesn't matter. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, you know, for our listeners, um, this show is more lighthearted than, you know, we, we promise a, a, a wrestling from a political angle, but this WrestleMania weekend, and so we're focusing more uh, or just the, the the wrestling culture of it all, but I I do want to add a socio political context in it, just because from a conspiracy theory standpoint, because Vince McMahon and Donald Trump are such good friends, because Vince's wife works for Donald Trump, do you think Trump had anything to do with 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 with, with Vince getting this sweet deal from Fox? The fact that Donald Trump's favorite network is Fox. The fact that that was Donald actually Trump... a thought of mine today, Chris. I kid you not. Wow, that was a thought <laughs> of mine today. When I find so when I, as I'm watching Triple H, because it's, it's funny when you watch FS1, Fox Sports Network is not like the normal Fox. You know, right? It's, I mean, you know, they 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 speak about a lot of the social and political political issues as it pertains to athletes. Mm. Um, you know, most of which you are black and okay. It's just, it's a different vibe. But once I actually sat down, I was like, no, FS1 is still Fox. <laughs> I was like, owned by the same people. And, yep. and, and it got me to thinking, like, man, I wonder, you know, I really do wonder, you know, what that looked like. You know, the big boys came to play and they knew that Vitz is one of the big boys that's a good homie of Trump, you know. And so, we, I mean, it could be very, very well could be. That's so interesting that we both, we both had that thought. So, so it's safe to say then. It's not far-fetched that that could have happened. We have no proof that that was the case. We have no proof, but it's not (laughs) far-fetched. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, if Donald Trump tosses the coin at the first XFL football game... You already know what's happening. We know there's some collusion. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, all right, back to the Raw uh, 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 SmackDown run. Well, let's let's jump into this. So with Raw, Seth Rollins is in on this, you know, he was on this tear to prove that he'll do whatever it takes to slay Brock Lesnar. So uh, Paul Heyman comes out with Brock, you know, he cuts. Dope shirt, by the way. Seth Rollins, Beast Slayer. Yeah, man, you know, amazing. They they know what to do with the big dogs when it comes to marketing those clothes. Um, Paul Heyman does another one of his million-dollar promos. Brock is there. Seth runs out. He goes back and forth with small banter with Brock Lesnar. Um, and then uh, basically it, the this segment ends with set with a few low blows to Brock, um, some kicks, 
the curb stomp and um you know Brock, Brock didn't protect his head when he did the curb stomp. He took that. He did yeah, he didn't protect it, but you know apparently that's what happens when you eat raw steak. I guess you don't need to protect your head. <laughs> you know, so this is the purpose of being a beast. Beasts don't think. So um this kind of has me wondering, and maybe we'll talk about this once we go through predictions, but Typically, um, man, the the guy who ends up going down on the go home show usually, yeah, a lot of times is the winner of the match at the actual main event. So this is going to be interesting. I, I'm wondering if if Seth is really going to walk away this time with the belt, or is are they are we are we in for another uh, long drought of a uh, a non fighting champion? Mm. Time will tell. Moving on, we had Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin, or you know they're letting us know that this match is still a thing. That I'm just I'm over it, Chris. Um, I share your sentiments. Baron Corbin fights Rey Mysterio after Baron comes out and interrupts uh, Kurt's, uh, you know, kind of like final farewell with Monday Night. And Raw. by the way, Richard, not not to interrupt, but was that video? Do you think that the video package for Kurt Angle? That they showed. Do you think that, that was a surprise to him? Because he looked like he was either he was really selling it or he was really surprised. You know what, man? Half the time, Kurt Angle looked like he don't know what's going on. So I'm <laughs> honestly not sure. He, he could have very well been. Kurt Angle got five, six kids. If you include Jason Jordan, he got six kids, right? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. That's so fucking funny. Which makes me wonder if Jason Jordan might like randomly appear and be like, hey, Dad, I want to wrestle you in your last match. You never know. Mm. But yeah, it was interesting, man. Um, Are they really going to go through with this, Richard? Is it really going to be Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle as his last match? Or I don't. Gonna... I don't think so because okay. I, I think enough, at least from the bare minimum, that that is not money. Yeah. Whatsoever. So just on the raw roundup, real quick, man. You, uh, the Boston Hug Connection won the match against Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Apollo Cruz faced off against Jinder Mahal. Cruz won that match. The Revival uh, faced uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet. The Revival uh, won by a countout, which makes me wonder what's going to happen at Raw. I mean, on uh, at WrestleMania for this match, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable um, versus Heavy Machinery was a big thing. Heavy Machinery won. Braun Strowman, um, man, I don't know what's happening. They, they Braun looked like he was going back to twenty sixteen. 2017 Brom fighting local competitors again. I'm like, why? What? I mean, did he have heat backstage? What happened? Mm. You know? But they are not using him the way that they should be. Baron, Baron Corbin fought Rey Mysterio and won. And that was the roundup for Monday Night Raw. SmackDown was just a tad bit better. <laughs> <laughs> just a tad just bit. a tad bit better, man. I mean... You go through some of these storylines, man, and it's very easy to get bored just because I'm like, my goodness, like, what are you all doing? Mm. Killing the momentum of some wrestlers, you know, just not utilizing folks the way that you should. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a decent bout. We had Kofi Kingston and Daniel. That was at the end of the show. We'll talk about that in a second. Shane McMahon came out, and the irony, man, my God, you talk about the pot calling the kettle black. So Shane goes on this tangent 
about the Miz's dad and 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 the Miz. The part that really kills me is Shane calling the Miz's dad potato face, and I'm like, Shane, have you looked <laughs> in the mirror? I mean, potato face. And I'm just looking at Shane McMahon like you literally sweat walking from the entrance ramp to the ring. You and I mean, mm. I mean, I'm say uh, Shane's face looks like a sack of potatoes. I'm like, y'all got to give him a better line than that. Mm. But needless mm-hmm. to say, he goes in on the Miz. They have their little bout. Um, he's getting Shane is really aging. He, yeah, Shane is definitely getting progressively more evil, and I'm like, my God, are we about to see the new Vince McMahon? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And I, you know what? I think Vince. I think Shane can pull that character off. I think Shane can can generate some legit heat. Oh, he's def- as they say back in the day, some red hot heat. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a Richard. I can see that in him. So I will def I will give you that he's a Richard head. So I'm a gonna, Richard head. Yeah. What's that? Come on, man. You know, the, you've never heard. Oh, oh, Come oh, on, oh, oh. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to be like, huh? <laughs> Come on. So, listen, I just saw a hat the other day in the store that said, don't be a Richard. I was like, I need this in my life. <laughs> like, That's funny. I don't know if everybody's going to get that joke. I got it. Well, you know, I, if listen, if you don't get the joke, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Fuck it. We're not explaining it. The rest of the show. Ask your fucking parents what the joke means. (laughs) (laughs) So for the rest of the show, we have the Kevin Owens show. Um, They finally brought it back. Kevin Owens has a sit down with AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Um, Man, Orton basically mocks AJ Styles talking about, you know, his indie career and how, you know, while he thought he was doing something special, Randy was doing all of these great things. It was, man, it was honestly, I like this verbal sparring match because it showed a lot of what we used to see when it came to like attitude era, ruthless aggression, some good promo, not that corny, right? Okay. Styles mm-hmm. actually snapped back with Orton with one line that really got me. And he, he called Randy Orton out um, for failing drug tests um, and only having <laughs> one move. I was like, <laughs> wow. Yo, that is good. And the crowd mm. ate it up, man. They ate it up. That was hilarious. And what's the one move he's referring to? The RKO. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The RKO and that DDT. Yeah, the part that got me with this one, though, was that Randy, um, they brought for a minute, and Randy basically ended the brawl with an RKO. Man, I'm like, we need consistency in wrestling. You can't say out of nowhere when he was standing there waiting for the man to get up to give him an RKO. <laughs> you know, but what do I know? Chris is going to move right along, right? Mm-hmm. So the, Usho, the Usos, Ricochet, and Aleister Black, they defeated the Bar, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rusev, the Russian-Bulgarian brute guy. Um, Alexa Who Bliss, is being wasted, by the way, too. Yeah. Alexa Bliss is interesting. She did make a small appearance. She made a, a statement as to how the Kevin Owens show is boo-boo compared to hers. Mm. Kind of got me wondering if she's going to be going back heel real soon. because She's been real heelish in some of her promos lately. The Iconics cut a promo. Um, wait, wait, before you move on, let me, let me just ask you this. We were talking about outdated gimmicks and shit. For as long as I've been watching wrestling, they have had these type of interview shows, whether it was the Brother Love Show, whether it was Brutus the Briefcase Barbershop, whether it was Piper's Pit, is that gimmick outdated? The, the idea of a wrestler having an interview show, the highlight reel, um, you know, the moment of bliss, is, is that an outdated, you know, wrestling theme that, that maybe they should 
leave in the past or, or does it work? Does, does, does it help talent get over? I'm not going to say it's outdated uh, just because I think that um, what we're seeing now, I think definitely with the wave of social media and in the age of the clapback, it definitely leaves a lot of space and opportunity to have a bunch of that and to have some funny moments, to have those, you know, clever puns and things put up. It, 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 it definitely is good. I think when used sparingly, it can definitely be good. So, I Well, let me rephrase the question. Does WWE overdo it with these shows? Overdo it, maybe so, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair I think enough. that, you know, if you want to do it, man, do it. Do it for, like, when you're right at the heat of the, the, the beef, maybe going into the pay-per-view like they did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, excuse me. I think that's when it, it would be really good. So, yeah. Okay. The Iconics cut a promo. Um, they were basically selling everything for uh, WrestleMania. I'm not a fan of the Iconics, man. They they are no. My skin crawls every time. <laughs> and you talk about a gimmick that just is cringeworthy. Mm. I'm just like, what? what's so cringy about it? I mean, just uh, my God, I I feel like I'm just watching Taylor Swift on repeat with a bad Ouch. accent for 30 minutes. It's just like, come on, guys, like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're better than that, but I'm just like, uh, this is, it's too teeny bopperish. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't take you all serious as champions like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch came out and cut a promo as well, um, recapping what happened with Raw and the, um, and the, the brawl that they had. Um, and so she talked up how historic this was going to be and how it seemed like everything was aligned for a year to have Charlotte and Ronda Rousey fight. Uh, so that was her promo. Um, they had an 18-person tag match. <laughs> what? Literally. And, I mean, it was men and women. How do you fit 18 people around the ring yeah, in, I, in the tag situation? I have no idea. So it, it, That crazy, sounds so convoluted. The crazy part is that it didn't last long. Eventually, okay. everything broke down in its typical WWE fashion, and it was like, all right, let's throw everybody over the top rope, right? Kind of like that whole Battle Royal preview that we're, uh, for the Battle Royal that's taking place on Sunday. Yeah. Because you got one for the men and the women, right? Uh, the Andrew, the, I mean, not Andrew, the uh, Andre the Giant. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then they yeah. got one for the women as well. So, yeah, some random stuff here. Mandy Rose and Shelton Benjamin share a high five. Um Byron Saxon actually was trolling uh, uh, Corey Graves, geeking out over Lacey Evans coming out, which, I mean, it's been kind of stupid, too, because she hasn't said a thing. What the fuck is that gimmick? I don't even get it. Honestly, I don't know, Chris. These are the kind of like, this is what we'll call either the Outer Limits or the Twilight Zones area of WWE from here on out. It's so (laughs) random. (laughs) Very random. Very random, and it basically boils down. The last two people in the ring are Titus O'Neil and Oscar. They're celebrating. Titus, of course, turns his back, and unrealistically, Oscar at five five <laughs> maybe tosses a six five, tosses a six five, two hundred and sixty pound Titus O'Neil over the ropes. Now, some of y'all oh. might be like Richard, don't shade Oscar like that. Listen, I'm saying this from personal experience. Titus O'Neil is Only a in America. very big man. I am six feet and about 215 to 220, depending on what I'm lifting and how I'm eating during the week. Mm-hmm. And me standing next to Titus, he made me feel small. I don't even think I could have tossed him over the rope. So I'm just like, okay, mm. I get it. But you know what? Oscar needs a build definitely after how they shade her. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was that. 
Samoa Joe fought uh, Mustafa Ali, and he beats him. I noticed that they they're not using the, the first name Mustafa. They kept referring to him as Ali. Now um, they're doing something with all the names, like uh, Andrade. You know, he's not Andrade Cien and Almas anymore. Which I, man, Andrade. I love his name. I, I wish I could speak that Andrade Cien. I love the way Zelina Vega <laughs> says it. I just, every time she says it, I'm like, man, like this dude feels like a star. Like mm. Andrade seeing Almas. So I was like, yeah, like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they're doing some weird stuff with the names, man. Um, overall, SmackDown was better than Raw, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to give grades, I would say Raw was maybe a C plus, B minus. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, SmackDown was a C plus, B minus. I, man. Raw was like a stinking D. Like, you know that? What? And I was that kid in college that could, I had one communications class when I was in my major that I could just never get over a 66 on the test. Mm. And that was the time that I found out that D's get degrees. That's what Monday we're not wrong. D's are getting degrees right now. I never heard that before. Listen, D, look, and, and Monday Night Raw is making it by on D's. Mm. That is our roundup of Raw and SmackDown. You just got the fucking soundbite of the night. That's what we're going to tweet out <laughs> when we fucking market this podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wow. So big news for the week, man. Um, I, 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 I saw that you, you sent, man, we've been talking over the week. You sent me a few clips that I thought were really interesting. Um, obviously, we have the Hall of Fame taking place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, which is going to? I think it's going to be good, man. I'm excited to see Harlem Heat. Yes, uh, I'm excited to see. And Harlem Heat will be inducted into the Hall of Fame for those who are maybe who are listening who may be fucking 19, 20 years old. And you don't really know who Harlem Heat was. <laughs> Harlem Heat was Booker Ray, Booker T, excuse me, and Stevie Ray, real brothers. Uh, they were, I think, for my memory, the only black tag team in WCW to really make it mm-hmm. and win the championship uh, and they really put on great matches they were I mean when they I mean look if you're a wrestling fan at some point in your life you've had to have seen the classic interview of Harlem Heat with Kona Parker and Sherry I think it was Sherry was it Sherry or Kona Parker I thought it was Booker- Sherry yeah, Sherry, with Booker T says, Hulk Hogan, we're, we're coming, coming for you, you nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately regrets it. And you can see it in his body language in his face. He's like, oh, shit, I just you said nigga. Man? Booker T actually did a great breakdown interview of that moment that I thought was so good. Did he? He, bas- he, he basically explained it on a uh, podcast episode. He was like, you know, man, you know, growing up in certain environments, we use certain vernaculars to express ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm. you know what? And I think that was a good telltale sign that Booker T, even with what, you know, the the fame and notoriety that he was gaining, like he really was still himself. Mm. And so it was a crazy slip up, but man, it, it, it went over well. You know, he said it went and over it's, well. And it's created, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's outlived itself. I mean, I that mean, is it's, famous. It's, it's, it's up there in the lines with the, the Jordan crying meme. Um, yes. You know, like yes. it's. It is there, man. It is definitely there. Yes. So, um, yeah, we got we got the we got the Hall of Fame this weekend. I'm super excited about that. Like I said, it'll be good to see. Um, I saw that Brutus Beefcake is going to be uh, inducted. Yes. Did we get that? Okay. Yeah, I thought I saw that. And Wait. Then, 
he is part of the class? If I'm not mistaken, I want to say let me, yes. Let's go to the Twitter spear. You know, because, hey, listen, if Twitter don't say it, it he's that. He definitely is. Um, I think you're right, though, because. Um, I want to say I ran in the boringness of Monday Night Raw and the randomness of SmackDown. I want to say I saw yes, it somewhere in there. Yep. So. Bruce Beefcake is going to the WWE and said at least another. <laughs> oh, this is funny. Here's a tweet. Said British Beefcake is going into the WWE Hall of Fame at least another 18 more times as the butcher, as the zodiac, as the booty man, as a disciple. <laughs> hey man, listen. Hey, if that's the case, that means the Undertaker gonna go in for the next 30 years mm. with all the gimmicks he had. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, um Triple H tweeted on April 1st, a legendary host, SummerSlam main eventer, and now he'll be strutting and cutting. His way into the WWE Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Brutus Beefcake on your induction. Hashtag WrestleMania. Uh, Brutus the Beef, Barber Beefcake is Hulk Hogan's longtime best friend. He was an iconic uh, figure in the World Wrestling Federation. He had an interview show called The Barbershop. It was actually on his set that Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty through that the window, glass window. Yeah. And, and that was really the start of, of Shawn Michaels' career. If you've been following wrestling a long time, you remember when Brutus the Beefcake Brutus the Barber Beefcake, excuse me, uh, jumped over to WCW and became um, the Zodiac and uh, and then the Booty Man and then later the Disciple. And actually, it wasn't until most recently, um, uh, Richard, that I realized that that Brutus was the Disciple. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I didn't either. Because the way he grew his beard and died, he didn't look like Brutus. You know what, Chris? I was today years old when I found that out as soon as you just said it. So <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just, I, you know what? I just found out myself. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was among uh, uh, WWE Hall of Famers today. Uh, Sting, Ricky, uh, Ricky Steamboat, um, and others who unveiled uh, the Rowdy Rowdy Piper bronze statue. Uh, did you see that? Nope. At Access? No. Yeah, there's a Rowdy Rowdy Piper bronze statue. Um, uh, WrestleMania, uh, WWE, uh, um, excuse me, at WrestleMania tweeted Hot Rod Roddy Roddy Piper was immortalized with the unveiling of a life size statue in front of his family, WWE Hall of Famers, and the WWE Universe at WrestleMania Access. Oh, wow! Uh, the WWE Hall of Famers that were there were Ricky uh, Steamboat Sting, uh, Jimmy Hart, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, wow! Wow. Sting was there. I wonder if he's still trying to hold on to that little bit of Rogaine hair that he got left. It, he is. Yeah, man, that's my man. My <laughs> Let it go, Sting. Sting. I love me some Sting. Speaking of legends, Chris, let's jump into this real quick. I saw that you sent me the legendary WWE voice, Jim Ross. Man, you know I'm all in on All Elite and my boys from the Bucks and Kenny Omega. I saw that he is going to be the new voice for uh, AEW. Yes. Wow. He has signed a deal. It is called. It is. It is. It is uh, touted as the most lucrative deal for any commentator in, in wrestling history. I mean, he and, still got um, it. He still got it. Why not? Uh, clearly, um, why the WWE would allow Jim Ross to leave and join AEW is a mystery to me. Um, Jim Ross has a podcast. He has a great following of wrestling aficionados. He's somebody who has proven his value to the wrestling industry. Uh, I would keep. Jim Ross um, for as long as I could. But yes, Jim Ross uh, is a now a part of All Elite Wrestling, Cody Rhodes' new venture, backed by uh, uh, Tony Khan, I think his name is a Billionaire. Yeah. Um, what do you so feel this about is interesting. that? This is interesting because I'm really wondering what his role is going to look like because they say he signed a three-year deal as a senior advisor. 
right? And so with that being the case, I'm like, okay, are we going to get him as the voice? I mean, even if you didn't get Jim Ross as a voice, man, you think about this, this definitely adds a level of competition for Vince now because Jim Ross has been revered and regarded. He knows all of the many, inside shit. He knows how Vince absolutely, thinks. Absolutely. Many of the wrestlers, even you talk about The Rock, Stone Cold, talking about their experiences with Jim Ross. Even though he was an announcer, Jim knew the game. He knows well, the game. Well, listen, not only was Jim an announcer for a very long time, Jim was the vice president of talent relations. So exactly. he worked with the talent. He signed the contract. He negotiated salaries. And he was loved by the talent, too. Like, he, he, he did good by the folks that he worked with. Mm-hmm. That has been one of the common themes with him. So I'm, I'm not only interested that WWE allowed it, but my goodness, you know, you talk about the time that it came out. I really was expecting to see JR at WrestleMania this weekend, at least if not for nothing else. Mm. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, the, the big marquee matches, you know? Yeah. Losing so I'm, Jim I'm, Ross, if you're WWE, is like losing, I don't know, fucking Stewie if you're Family Guy. He's that integral. Yeah, right. Is that integral to the storyline and, and, and to the the culture uh, of Actually, the show? Actually, Chris, that happened. You remember Family Guy, they didn't lose Stewie. They lost Brian. And they they lost Brian. Brian with, with that nut ass dog. And that dog and the sucked. Fans, <laughs> the fans hated it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I can only wonder, you know, what's going to happen now, man. But, I mean, it, you know, as much as people say that they don't think that uh, AEW is going to um, make – they're not going to run WWE out of business, but no. my goodness, I, I mean, Chris, I'm not going to be surprised if they become a re- legitimate competitor that WWE can't get rid of. Mm, yeah, you I mean, I've heard, you, uh, I've heard people talk about the, the reintroduction of the Monday Night Wars, but from what I understand, AEW is going to go on Tuesday nights. And yeah. Vince McMahon is not a, a – all elite wrestling is a wrestling company, right? Vince right. McMahon – runs a global media company that does some wrestling. So you're not going to take Vince McMahon out of business just because you started a wrestling company. Vince McMahon has, has, has assets in film. He has in television rights. He has unlicensing deals. Uh, so he's he, good. He's, he does, but that wrestling part, you got to think about where it all started. Yes, it's media now, but it started with wrestling. People of course. always associate WWE with wrestling. Before they associated with media, and my biggest fear but, with that. But Richard, are people tuning into WWE to see quality wrestling matches, or are they tuning into WWE to be entertained? That's the thing; they're tuning in to be entertained. But what happens when your competitor now doesn't just have amazing wrestlers, but they're entertaining as all well, get out as well? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> I mean, we all that Chris, we're already there. That's why I'm fearful. Because okay, we're all we're already there. And I think we're starting, you know, we might be seeing little fragments of it now here and there. But, man, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking it might be a huge pickup. Um, listen, and, and what's today's date? April 5th. Mark mm-hmm. my words, Chris, something I have a, a feeling that we might see Paul Heyman. If Brock Lesnar leaves the, the fuck WWE, out of here, we might see Paul Heyman at AEW, Chris. Let me ask you something. <laughs> any what's chance, up? any chance we'll ever see The Undertaker? At AEW. Now, people was already speculating because other tickets were right, be StarCast. Yep, with yep, Conrad Thompson. Be Starcast. yep, yep. Any um, chance Undertaker will go out on, on at, at AEW rather than WWE? 
I mean, I think under. I don't know. I don't. I doubt. See it. the thing, Richard. I don't want AEW to be what TNA was in the early two thousand, where they were just WCW buying up. W was right. Who was buying up anybody whose contract expired with WWF and giving them a second run? We've Which done that. I We've love been about there. AEW. They're not doing that. They the guys that they're bringing in are legitimate talent. They're scooping up the ones that WWE overlooked that are your going to be your next AJ Styles. You know, are going to be your next Finn Balor. Chris, what I will say, though, is that if WWE, specifically Vince and Creative for Raw and SmackDown, are not careful with the talent that they are underutilizing right now, they might get swept under, under the rug, Chris. I'm, 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 they might just get the rug pulled up from under them completely. Mm. Um, just because, I mean, talent, when I think Cody Rhodes broke a huge mold when he took that leap of faith with his wife and decided to go and venture off into the world of New Japan Wrestling and Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And I think when he did it, other wrestlers realized, man, if Cody can do this, I can too. Mm. And so... I, now, I you and I, Richard, for, for listeners who are just starting to know us, we understand the value of being independent. You're an mm-hmm. independent, self-published author. I'm an independent, self-published journalist. We yep. control our schedules. We control our destinies. We control the partnerships we enter into. Uh, we manage our own time. We are our own bosses. And it is becoming more and more evident to me, and I, I, I would assume I would speak for you, that there's tremendous value being an independent. You know? I agree. I totally agree 100%. We may not get sick days and a holiday party. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think like with definitely when you hit your sweet spot and you get around the right people, it, it definitely can be, man. You look at, uh, and I mean, it's not just with us. You look at other people in the industries that are doing it, man. Uh, you take a guy like, uh, my goodness, you had a few rappers who decided to stay independent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they didn't, I mean, Chance the Rapper is a great example of that. Right. You know? You look at a rapper like Chance who decided to just kind of stay in his own mold, man, but he understood the power of the people. And I think that's why AEW was going to do so well, because it wasn't like the difference between AEW, WCW and TNA is that TNA had backing from somebody with money. WCW had backing from Ted Turner as a billionaire. Mm. But AEW doesn't have just have the backing of a billionaire. The Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. They built their own fan base while being wrestlers at another promotion. They built the power of the people with hundreds of thousands of supporters prior to ever starting AEW. Mm. And the supporters were the ones egging them on like, man, you all need to really start your own promotion. And sure enough, they did. Mm. So I, I think that what we're seeing is a little different compared to what we've had in times past. Mm-hmm. And that's what has me more optimistic about the possibilities now. Mm. Fair enough. Listen, another big story this week that, that we have to at least give a, a bit of airtime to. This is how uh, SB Nation uh, covered it. Uh, why John Oliver is calling for WWE fans to protest at WrestleMania. Uh, they write, on Sunday, the last week, Tonight Host did a 23-minute takedown of WWE's employment practices, calling for fans to make signs and chants during the biggest show of the year to put pressure on Vince McMahon to treat his superstars better by offering health care 
benefits and take responsibility for the drastically increased mortality rate of former wrestlers. WWE, of course, responded and uh, called John Oliver's take one-sided. Deadline received, uh, this is now from Deadline.com, Deadline received a statement from WWE that said, quote, John Oliver is clearly a clever and humorous entertainer, excuse me, a clever and humorous entertainer. However, the subject matter covered and his WWE segment is no laughing matter. Prior to airing, WWE responded to his producers refuting every point of his one-sided presentation. They, they go on to say, John Oliver simply ignored the facts. The health and wellness of our performers is the single most important aspect of our business. And we have a comprehensive, long-standing talent wellness program. We invite John Oliver to attend WrestleMania this Sunday to learn more about our company. Two questions to you, Richard. A, a one. Do you expect John Oliver to show up at WrestleMania? And two, what do you think about the story? I don't expect John Oliver to show up at WrestleMania. Um, mm-hmm. If he did, I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, John Oliver, he might, just because he seems like the kind of guy who who definitely doesn't want to put out, quote-unquote, fake news. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, um, man, I, um, I think the story is interesting because this isn't the first time that I've heard this. Right. And man, just even from my wrestling inside, I, I've got a few friends who are professional wrestlers. Um, I know a few talents that actually work within the WWE. And this is something that I have heard before. But I felt like somebody when I said that, Chris, like, you know how like the big folks say that, like, oh, yeah, you know, my insiders. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh- <laughs> sources say my sources you know, say you know, I talked to my sources. But no, needless to say, though, man, I have heard this before. I thought it was interesting because Triple H definitely went out of his way this morning to kind of throw that wellness piece out there as they were okay. introducing him. And so I was like, oh, man, I was like, man, that John Oliver piece must have really stuck. He probably got, got to him. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. he definitely made it his business to throw that out there today. But, man, I'm, I've heard this time and time again. Uh, CM Punk has talked about this, and I know that he didn't leave the company on the best of terms. Mm-hmm. But, man, you know, C- CM Punk talked about his staff infection. That's something you can die. Wrestling with the staff infection, right? Right, and that's something Mm -hmm. that you can die from, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's talked about it, and and it sucks because you know when you hear some of the wrestlers who talk about it, they are wrestlers who are maybe have bad blood with the company, right? Because another example John Oliver uses Bret Hart. Obviously, we know what happened with him, the Montreal job, how that messed up years of his. And not just that, but but his brother dying in the ring, right? Owen Hart dying in the ring, like. And so, you know, when you think about these kind of things, it's easy for some people to say, oh, well, you only pick the the biased wrestlers. But that's not the case. Like, mm. you got to think about it, man. Triple H song says it all. It's all about the game and how you play it. A lot of these cats who are wrestling mm. right now, they know and they feel this. But it's hard for them to come and say because at the end of the day, they're getting their paycheck from this as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, even you mentioned Luke Harper earlier. It kind of made me think about him wondering, like, man, you know, how do you take care of these guys? Because this, this is the thing. Roman Reigns can have an issue, but Roman Reigns is making millions of dollars. But what happens when you have a, a mid-carder or one of the lower-card guys that's only making a couple of hundred thousand a year? And granted, yes, to folks like us, that's still a decent amount of money. But when you're talking about people who put their bodies on the line and, God forbid, mm. some injuries you don't come back from, i.e. Tyson Kidd, Natalia's mm. uh, I'm sorry, is it Tyson Kidd or... Yeah, Tyson Kidd. You you look at Natalia's husband. I mean, I mean, he he hasn't t- returned to wrestling. Wait, at all Natalia's at all. married to Tyson Kidd. Yeah. 
Well, I was the day years old when I learned that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, but when you look at, the, at at situations like this for guys who aren't bringing in the bread like that, and I mean, man, medical bills are no punk. You know, you, you yeah, you can afford your insurance, still making hundreds of thousands of dollars. But when you talk about these procedures that these guys yeah. gotta have, man. You think about a Triple H, man, and then granted, he's in a different financial stratosphere from a lot of mm-hmm. these guys. But coming out of the end of last year, uh, wrestling, you know, Hunter, he tore his, he tore his pack again. Mm. And and that's the thing. Like, those, these are not, like, random little small surgeries that's just like, oh, yeah, you know, here's a, a few bucks to take care of it. Like, man, like, you got to be able to take care of this stuff for yourself, your family. Like, it's. Yeah. And then. And then but the you know what, Richard, idea- at the same time, there's no different. I mean, as, and I'm speaking as a freelance journalist. There's no difference between being a freelance journalist and having to figure out, you know, listen, I'm on a bike every day, going from place to place, covering stories, getting on the radio, blah blah blah. If I get in a car accident while I'm pursuing a story, that's on me. I know no, what I got into. Is. I knew what I got is. into. It definitely is. I think the only difference here is when you look at the rate. So Triple H talked about this today, too, which really made me think that the John Oliver um, storyline got to him. Um, was He, he, he made this uh, uh, point to state that they have 200 events that they do every year. Right. Mm. And granted, yeah, we might be out there every day. But even if even if for nothing else, I think from a standpoint of just wellness, when it comes to you got each of your wrestlers on the road 200 days out of the year. Chris, think about this. We have people who go a full year without doing any type of exercise or cardio, right? (laughs) Uh These men and women are getting in the ring and they're doing your exercise and cardio every week, three days out of the week, and then doing their Mm. own exercise and cardio. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because this is coming from somebody who's lost 170 pounds and that is a workout junkie. Mm-hmm. You can put too much on the body and 200 days out of the year of doing this. Yes, you're making a good living. Yada, yada. I, I hear all of that. But at the same time, even in knowing what you're getting yourself into, I think that there's also a responsibility for management to know what they're getting their wrestlers into as well when it comes to protecting them. And mm. I think at the very least, like that is the that is the baseline of this conversation with John Oliver is. I mean, Chris, it's no it's no secret. Vince has been known to be very greedy. Mm. Um, you know, and 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 that's something that's been stated by wrestlers, by fans, by folks who have insider on the business. And so I, I just like I said, at the end of the day, if you have these contracted workers putting their lives on the line for you and you want to avoid an Owen Hart type of situation or an mm. Eddie Guerrero type of situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, or you know, even with that being said, a Chris Benoit type of situation, because mm. even even I know some people don't want to speak about Chris Benoit. But when you think about it, at, at the end of the day, one of the things that they attributed Chris Benoit's issues and what took place that evening, it was attributed to brain issues from concussions and everything else that he was facing while wrestling. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is a part of wellness. Mm. Not saying that what took place was right, but that in itself is still a part of. Yeah. And so it's just how do we how do we make this more conducive for the athletes to make sure that they're in. A- but I wish that John Oliver would have. I understand why WWE um, 
said is one-sided because if I work for a company, I've worked for several companies before I started Tech Book Online. When I worked for uh, Guitar Center, I started Guitar Center when I was 18. I worked to Guitar Center until I was about 20. And when I was, while I was working for Guitar Center, Mitt Romney, former presidential candidate, now Utah <laughs> Senator, he purchased Guitar Center when he was the CEO of Bain Capital and took the company public. And, you know, um, if I, you know, when I left Guitar Center, I went to go work for its competition, Sam Ash. That was what it was like going from WWE to WCW. Mm-hmm. If I would have left Sam Ash, which I did, and, and went to go work for Apple and then moved to Texas, if I would have gotten addicted to cocaine, I could not have expected Guitar Center to pay for my rehab. <laughs> the fact that WWE would take care of the rehab and put their wrestlers in the rehab, even if you have left the company for Scott Hall, big star, early 90s, Razor Ramon, left the company in 1996, was the, was the catalyst for the Monday Night Wars. Didn't return to the company into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. They took care of them. Yeah. They take care of, 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 of many wrestlers who, who, who went through shit. X-Pac. Sean Waltman. Yeah. How many, how many companies can you call out that a former employee can depend on them for substance abuse relief? That's major. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I mean, I'm, I'm with you 100% there. I'm, I'm so with you. I think that there has to be some kind of continuity, though. You know what I mean? Mm. Because I feel like, you know, with the examples that you gave, those are great. But at the same time, I feel like that is still a rarity. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe you have to be a, a certain kind of star or maybe mm-hmm. you're plugged in in a different way to get that. Mm. And it's easy to be a bigger star and have that kind of privilege. We'll call it privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's not everybody's story. These, mm. you know, these, these. Young- but there's also no story that we know of of a wrestler. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know of one single story of a wrestler that called Vince McMahon for help and Vince McMahon didn't answer, um, or the company didn't answer. Kamala. Well, that wasn't. That was. That was. <laughs> let me rephrase the question. I'm talking about drug abuse. Like that was different. That was his leg and diabetes. And they was like, "Nigga, you get your leg cut off." I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my goodness! You know what though, man? I but think... they should have took care of Kamala because they still making money off of it. They really are. No, they really are. You talk. I mean, that's a conversation that we definitely should be having um, at mm. some point for sure. Um, but no, I think. I, like I said, man, I I think it's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you notice is that when you talk about those who end up using drugs and still get taken care of by the company and all of that, mm-hmm. a lot of times, Chris, they are your top stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Notice how many times the stars that are the face of the company will use, i.e. a Titus O'Neil, for example, when it comes to somebody who is the one doing the charity work and is out here in the community that Mm -hmm. live a life where I can use them as a brand and not worry about them getting in trouble. Mm. Those are your lower, those are what we would consider the lower level talent guys. They're not the main eviters. Right. Some of them aren't even mid mid carters. Some of Mm. them are jobbers, but, And I think that's the difference, because when you notice the issues like this taking place 
with wrestler. I mean, come on, man. And I love them dearly, but the Usos. Okay. I mean, you think about them. They're tag champs, and they're really the only thing keeping the tag team division somewhat fresh right now outside of the likes of New Day. Well, what about the Revival? Yeah, I mean, the Revival are good, but I'm saying when it comes to just consistent good the the Revival are just starting to get their sweet spot, too. Mm. When you think about it, they're just starting to get their sweet spot because they were shaded for so long. Mm. But, um, man, just I think when you when you look at these kind of guys, man, like it's it's a tough it, it shows where I think management's morals are when it comes to these are our money makers. And so we need to make sure they're taken care of, despite the fact that they're doing stupid stuff that makes the company look bad. Mm. I mean, that's what I, that's how I see it. I might be wrong. Mm hmm. Interesting. Um, so what let's let's get to the, the, the main event here. WrestleMania. You, the match you're looking forward to most in, 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 in predictions. What 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 are you thinking? Ooh, that is tough. Um that is real tough. Match I'm looking to most. Um Kofi and yeah. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah. Kofi and Daniel Bryan, man. I might wear my Black Panther shirt on Sunday. Um, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? Yeah. Um, Kofi and Daniel Bryan is what I'm looking to, uh, I think, most. Um, I would say my close second would be uh, the other championship match just because I'm wondering if we're going to see Brock Lesnar finally fall after them building him up for the last several years as this unbeatable mm. beast. Which I think if mm-hmm. he does, if he does lose, we're looking at a new we're looking at a new era as far as the reign of a champion and just what WWE can do. Maybe this will be a good opportunity for some mm. of the mid card guys to really start shooting up and for us to have some realistic, believable matches and just competition mm-hmm. again. You know, mm-hmm. uh, man. As far as predictions are concerned, I think uh, as far as the um, women's championship match. We're gonna see Becky Lynch walk away with both titles. That is, yeah, it. yeah. I'm going Becky Lynch, um, and I'm gonna just give you the the, the big. Match. But wait, I don't know. I don't, did you? Is Kofi gonna win? In your opinion, mm, my heart says yes, but my head in a Trump America says no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how. Granted, the fans, the fans can take to it well. I'm not sure how management is going to take to a black champion. Mm. Be, and, and Kofi was great, man. He, he put on a great promo at the end of SmackDown at the contract signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he showed that he can handle it there as well. So my hope and prayer is that he does win. But I'm just... I'm not going kind of like the whole thing with the black quarterback, right? For so long, you know, people didn't want black quarterbacks because they didn't feel like they were smart enough to run an offense. Mm. And I kind of look at it the same way with this, and that's my fear. I'm like, hope he can handle it, but you got so many that doesn't that don't think doesn't think he can, right? Mm-hmm. So that is my fear there. Boston. Hunt, Und- interestingly enough, the undefeated um, ran a story on April third. Uh, headline Kofi Kingston's fight to become the fourth black WWE heavyweight champion. Um, now I know in our last episode we debated whether WWE has actually ever had a black WWE champion versus a world heavyweight champion. There is a nuance there, isn't it? Uh, I guess, or no, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, that gold belt was WCW's title, exactly. And I think that's what people tend to miss a lot of times is that. 
it's real easy to identify it as, oh, yeah, this would be the fourth. No, it's not going to be the fourth. It'll be the first. Mm. It, mm-hmm. If we're being technical, mm. not including The Rock, who there have been mm. alleged stories <laughs> and even some some small proofings that he did not identify himself. As, I've never heard The Rock say I'm a black man. Right. I You know, as a black wrestler, you know, he definitely stuck to his Samoan roots. Absolutely. I mean, now he had no the Anawahi family. He had no problem stating that, you know, Soul Man Rocky Johnson was his dad. Right. But at the same time. He identifies with the Anawahi family exactly. more than he identifies with the Johnson family. Exactly. And so that, that, and this is coming from probably one of his biggest fans. And I don't but, know why people keep trying to deny that. Like, it is what it is. Yeah, man. And I, I still love him. You know, there have been alleged rumors about the fact that, you know, he did it because early on he was trying to fit in in the locker room when, you know, because there was, and man, this will, you talk about some racial tension. This mm. is, We'll talk about this soon, but man, that storyline that ran when it came to the backstage heat with him, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels, the disrespect mm-hmm. that they showed mm-hmm. towards his grandmother, mm-hmm. the fact that they kept trying to, you know, they they kept trying to, uh, what's the, what's the term that we that that, that they use in wrestling? Um, they kept they rib they kept ribbing at him. They kept okay. you know, they kept ribbing at him, and I mean, all 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 because they wanted to bring him down because he was immensely talented. He was mm-hmm. a charismatic guru. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, he was on the rise, and they tried to do what they can to pull him down. And I think people forget how fucking young he was when he got in there. Mark now, listen, Henry I'm has old enough to remember, bro. I'm old enough to remember the fucking Survivor Series when he debuted. Yeah, yeah, I remember where that Rocky might be a character. Yeah, and so for those that think that oh, this is just talk, Mark Henry actually has a few interviews on. YouTube where he actually goes into this because he saw it taking place in the locker room and he had no problem mm. discussing it. Mm. But yeah, man, you look at the likes of Booker T. Uh, granted, he should have been uh, he, he definitely should have held the WWE gold. But mm-hmm. of course Triple H with his handy dandy shovel made sure that that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and, and even then, Triple H in the promo said guys like you don't become champions. Something, yep. like, something like that, right? Yep. Yep, Similar so. shit to what we're hearing with this Kofi Kingston storyline. So that that's the part that makes my head wonder where, where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we got. Uh, I think the folks are going to riot, bro. If they don't give fucking, if they don't give Kofi this goddamn title. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We out there. New York is about to be flooded like New Year's. <laughs> so we got the Boston Hug connection versus Beth Phoenix versus. Uh, I mean, Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus the Iconics and Nia Jackson Tamina. I am going to say that the Boston Hug connection retain. Mm-hmm. There is a small swing that the Iconics might win. Mm-hmm. I can't see Beth Phoenix and Natalia doing it because Beth Phoenix, I don't know how, how long she's going to be around. I was surprised to see her even come back. You know, the Glamazon has been back for a few weeks. I don't know how long that lasts. Nia Jax and Tamina have too much botch in them right now when mm. it comes to just unsafe wrestling. Mm. I, they need a little more time. They're they're green. They're real green right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pulling for Oscar on the women's battle royale. Mm-hmm. Um, who else we got? Uh, Finn Balor. I think that he is going to dethrone Bobby Lashley of that Intercontinental Championship. It's time to see Bobby Lashley move around to the upper card because uh, his time is limited. He's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Seth and Lesnar. I, I'm going to go with Seth, even though the go-home show showed him getting the upper hand this week. 
Mm. I just think it's time for a new reign. I think it's time for a new reign. You think Seth is going to defeat the monster, the, the beast? You think he's going to slay the beast? I do, and I think we, we might see some help. Um, From? Maybe a Dean Ambrose before he makes his farewell out of the WWE. Well, I heard he wasn't actually leaving. I heard that was a work. No, um, from what I'm hearing, it's not a work, but... Really? Yeah, I mean, there's two stories floating around. One is that it's a work, but I don't I don't know, Chris. Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Kurt Angle versus... He's going Vince. to AEW? You know what? If he does, mark my words. They coming for you, Vince. They coming. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to get you, nigga! <laughs> We coming for you, nigga. We coming for you, nigga. Booker T, man, classic. I'm looking forward to seeing him on one of those pre-shows this week. I'm um, so happy that Harlem Heat is being – you don't realize how much – maybe you do, but that is so important to me as a guy who grew up watching wrestling, who's who idolized Ahmed Johnson only because I identified to him. He was – the. <clears throat> He was what we, you know, as we talk about now, representation. He was the first black intercontinental champion, from what I understand. Um, yep. He was larger than life to me growing up, man, seeing a guy like that. Uh, uh, and then see, and, you know, tuning into the other channel and seeing Harlem Heat. You know, that my childhood is defined by, by images like Booker Ray, Stevie Ray, uh, excuse me, Booker T, Stevie Ray, uh, Ahmed Johnson, uh, Ron Simmons, you know, um, mm-hmm. we we back. You didn't have a lot of black guys getting to the top of the uh, uh, the top of the food chain. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you didn't. You definitely didn't, man. So I think this is going to be this is going to be an interesting weekend just to see. Uh, I, I think Harlem Heat, you know, and just to let them be themselves in this moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin, I do not believe is going to happen. Okay. Many fans want John Cena. I'm not sure who's going to be. I just don't think it's going to be Baron Corbin. I you can't let Kurt Angle go out like that. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, I mean, heck, stick him in the match with Batista and Triple H for all I care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. You know, we'll but we'll see. Um, we'll we'll definitely see what what takes place there. Um, I'm wondering what's going to happen with Alistair Black and Ricochet at. Mm. Mania, if anything, mm-hmm. wondering what's going to happen. Now, Braun Strowman is going to be facing the two guys from uh, Saturday Night Live. Michael Che and Colin Jost. Yeah. Colin Jost. Yeah. So, which, which for a guy like him is a fucking joke. Which is they'll get they'll get a bunch of press for it because yeah. they're, they're mainstream stars. But goddamn, I remember when Braun Strowman was was legitimately the WWE's biggest monster, and and they were putting some some. Resources in him, and now he's taking. He's he was, fighting two comedians. He was, you know, working, at fucking man. WrestleMania. He was working. He was working. Um, let's move over to SmackDown real quick. Okay. So I think Miz will beat Shane, mm-hmm. but I think that this is going to be a storyline that's going to continue because I think it is going to lead to a more ruthless Shane as we mm. move forward into this year, and just Shane kind of turning into a monster. Mm. Um, we have. Uh, Oh, this is tough. I, I'll get to that in a second. We've got AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Um, AJ Styles needs it more than Orton does. I think that we get Styles to win this match, which probably will put him back in the main event picture somehow, some way. Um, I think I forgot who the Usos are facing this week. Um, we got the tag match, but I just can't remember who who all's in it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't see anybody else besides maybe if Black and 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 uh, Ricochet are in there, I can see them taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we, they put on a great match with the revival this week. They did. They definitely did. Samoa Joe is on the card somewhere. Um, and that's the that's the that's the crappy part about SmackDown is like. Even with some of these, like man, you got great stars here. You can't even remember who they're facing, mm. right? Like you got the you got the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Royale coming up, so that's that. Um, I will take Oscar in the women's for sure. Okay, the men's is up in the air. I don't think it'll be Braun. Uh, eh, maybe Samoa Joe mm-hmm. if he's in it. Um, we'll see there, man. And then the big match, uh, that I'm looking forward to is, uh, who do we have? Kofi and Daniel Bryan. Wondering if Kofi does win, if it'll have something to do, cause I'm not sure if they're going to ban the new day, mm. but I'm wondering if it'll have something to do with Kevin Owens. I and think, the, I feel like the new day is going to turn on him. Either that or he turns on the new day. Hmm. No, I think they need a face. If they want to keep this going with Daniel Bryan, they need a face Kofi because That's true. they're That's behind true. That's him. So true. they got to keep him face. That's very true. I don't. I can't. I don't know, man. I can't see New Day turning on him. No, I, I, I struggle seeing Big E. I think if anything, I think I can see Xavier Woods. Okay. Turning. I'm like, I don't know, though, man. This this is gonna be interesting. Yeah. This is gonna be interesting. Maybe Bray Wyatt comes back. You know, in the middle of the match or something. He butter. <laughs> we need a big surprise for Mania. They haven't hinted to any fucking big return. No, no. And taker. I don't want to see Hogan. You know. No, yeah. No, no Taker. No. Uh, no Kane. No Rock. None of that. No Rock. And then we got Batista I mean, and Triple H. I forgot about them. Um, yes. I, I Who do you think will win that? I, if it's his last match, I think they give it to Batista. Okay. Triple H is the corporate suit guy now. I think he's. I think he's, but this is Triple H's career on the line. That means we won't see Triple H in the ring again. Well, I mean, that's the thing. We haven't seen Triple H in the ring, you know. I, Since part, Saudi Arabia, which was a pathetic match. And that's where Michaels, he actually is, tore that peck. Yep, yeah. that was, that's where he tore that peck. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like part of me feels like Triple H has buried his shovel, all pun intended, and started to actually allow talent on the NXT side to rise. Mm. So maybe he took all of that dirt from Barry and decided to actually sow it into NXT, and that's why they're thriving so much. He sucked the energy out of all of the wrestlers he faced for this moment here, which is what we call <laughs> NXT. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think Batista goes home with this, man. Um, but then again, though, too, being that it is a ending of the career match, maybe, maybe Batista loses. This is the one I'm up in the air with. Okay. Any last thoughts, Richard? Uh, anything that we didn't get the chance to cover or say that you want to add? Uh, not that I can think of, man. Um, I'm wondering if the Undertaker might just do like a small cameo. Okay. Who knows? But we'll see. We'll see. Well, wrestling fans, thank you so much for tuning in to coming to the ring on this big WrestleMania weekend. We definitely appreciate it. Tell your friends that there's a new wrestling podcast in the mix. Subscribe to us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash coming to the ring. Richard Taylor, how can people follow you online? Uh, Richard.TaylorJr. on Instagram. Twitter is at TrulyTaylorMade. 
and uh, my uh, my website richardtaylorjr.com you can find me there unfortunately i wasn't lucky like chris here to get all of my names to be the same on social media <laughs> because i'm not that clever so <laughs> flood the drummer flood the drummer flood the drummer everywhere everywhere listen i you know what i'm going to change all of my social media names to don't be a richard <laughs> i love it <laughs> oh my fucking god that's so funny <laughs> You fucking Richard Head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so there we go. That's it. As Richard alluded to, you can follow me on Twitter because Richard and my mother are the only people who call me Chris. I'll let them get away with it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Flood the Drummer, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you are an iPhone, iPad user, you can subscribe to my news organization, Techbook Line on Apple News. It's T-E-C-H-B-O-O-K online, O-N-L-I-N-E. And, of course, Flood the Drummer is just like it's spelled, F-L-O-O-D-T-H-E-D-R-U-M-M-E-R. And you can tweet me and Richard anytime after you listen to this podcast. Anything that you heard that stand out, you want to debate, you want to talk further, you want to share your WrestleMania moment, we're down to talk about it. We're just two wrestling fans who love to shoot the shit. Uh, until next time, for Richard Taylor, I'm Flood the Drummer, and I'm Drumming for Justice. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>